everyone. Welcome to Potluck episode five. Today we're going to talk about cookbooks. Cookbooks, one of uh, the main obsessions of every chef, I think. Uh, what are your favorite cookbooks, Eric? I would say my my number one uh, is the French Laundry Cookbook. Uh, for me, I discovered this book while working in Mugaritz. Someone had it uh, in the shared flat where, where, where we used to live, the trainees. And I was really impressed by, by the similarities with Mugaritz. They also had a garden. The chefs were also like impeccably dressed. Um, I... I it, it was like a year later that, that I managed to buy the book for myself and read it. And I really like that it was not about the recipes. Actually, I, I have never cooked one of the recipes of the book, but it had like inter chapters where they would talk about kind of like, like gastronomy philosophy, about being respectful with the products, uh, knowing the stories of the producers, uh, understanding technique, uh, being uh respectful with with traditions with execution um and this all told in first uh person by thomas keller uh so like uh, in a way of format i think that that book wa was really really interesting for me yeah definitely it's also one of my favorite cookbooks of all time and it's crazy how it's you know how it's still relevant today it's quite an old book by now and still you open it up and things of course they're a little bit you know past the time but it, you know they're still interesting you could still see them in a restaurant the way that the, the dishes are depicted in a book nowadays and it would still it, it still holds a place you know and that's not something that you find uh, a lot when you look at old cookbooks you know often you know it's a very firm trend that then kind of like develops but you can really see how influential Thomas Keller was in the, you know, in the worldwide uh, cooking scene. Yeah, I remember uh, that the, the first year I knew about French laundry, it was, I think, 2005. And that year it was named the, the best restaurant according to the 50 best restaurant list. If, if it wasn't that year, it was next year. But, but I remember it was the best in the world. Uh, and, and many times it's, it's uh, a restaurant that uh, people don't understand because it's so classic and a lot of people just want to see fireworks in a restaurant while French laundry and per se are pretty sober uh, proposals and offers uh, and culinary style. Uh, but again, for me, the most interesting is uh, the philosophy and the character itself and the whole story uh, about Thomas Keller, how, how he opened that restaurant, how he started from scratch. And man, you see uh, that, uh, that kitchen now and how it was when they opened in the mid-90s is really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, they were also like one, like not the main sort of like instigator, but definitely one of the main uh, um you know, reasons for the Californian food scene revolution and the sort of American cooking identity, because before it was all kind of imported. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of things are rooted in, in, you know, Mediterranean European cooking and French cooking techniques, but they really, they really pushed it forward, you know, in, in the States. Interesting is also the, the Momofuku cookbook. I think that they just, uh, 
replicate the, the format of the French laundry cookbook one by one. I mean, the, the, the book is, again, they talk about uh, producers in between recipes. They talk about uh, stories about how, how David Chang opened his restaurant. So like, the, this is a way that you can measure the, the influence of a book if someone replicates like, like the same idea in its own way, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, and I mean, you know, you can't deny the influence of, of David Chang. I mean, I only very recently opened that book again after many, many, many years. I don't own it, but um, I, I came across a copy and I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, you know, I haven't seen this book in a while. And again, it's like, it's quite old by now. I mean, I remember you and me like looking at that book when, like when I just started cooking, when we first met and you read it now and it's still like, it's still valid, you know, and there's still valuable recipes in there and the food still looks very good. And I mean, of course, you know, David Chang has such a, has such a unique approach and I feel like he tore down so many boundaries also of sort of like what fine dining you know if that's what you want to call it is um culturally also you know being uh you know asian american and you know bringing different influences into his culinary sort of like vision from korea from his time in japan uh, and his fascination with japanese food you know and he was I mean, also, again, one of the first guys who really drove that sort of like modern Asian um, movement forward. I don't want to call it fusion because it's not really fusion. It's a it's a just a different culinary identity. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and if we're talking about ideas, because one of the most interesting things of, of these books is uh, chefs talking about their processes. And I think it's really relevant to mention Christian Puglisi is... Uh, a book of ideas and the way the book is made uh, he will just tell you an, uh, a concept could be an ingredient or a technique or or something intangible and he will just uh, philosophize about it uh, write a whole page uh, on, 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 that, on that topic and, and linking it to a recipe so which is again uh, a very interesting way to make a, a professional cookbook yeah definitely and also you know in that book you know he has this very particular style um which i thought was very interesting when that book came out which is you know again obviously you know he sort of coming from the the very new back then nordic movement in copenhagen but like this like very minimalistic approach to plating and to you know dish architecture if you want um but yeah the most i agree it's super interesting way of writing a cookbook um which is actually very similar to to my favorite cookbook uh which is uh, just titled a cook's book by pascal babot the head chef and uh, co-owner of last france in in paris um and it's a beautiful book because first of all it's photographed amazingly it's, it's really really gorgeous uh, but at the same time, there are there are some recipes, but he in the beginning talks about that it didn't really make sense for him in his head, in his mind, to write a cookbook because the way that he works is very intuitional and very spontaneous and uh, dishes are constantly changing. So what he did instead is he presents dishes and then talks uh, for two to three pages about the process, his thinking behind how he got there, how he arrived there, 
breaking down the products, um, breaking down the techniques, the balance of, you know, that he wants to, like that he wants to strive for, what he wants you to experience with the dish. And it's incredibly interesting to read because rather than just replicating a recipe, you understand his thought process behind it much more. Um, apart from that, it's also interesting that together with that cookbook comes a smaller book where he photographs a sort of step-by-step -step guide for certain techniques like uh, grilling a pigeon, you know? But he is notoriously famous for incredible execution and just like really like laser sharp precision. And again, it photographed really, really beautifully. And then you see how he cooks a pigeon and um, it's, it's, just, it's just really inspiring. Another one that, that comes to my mind, and I, I think, well, uh, it's it's hard to to pick one of the many uh, books uh, related to El Bugi or Ferran Adria, uh, because they have published many books. Uh, I, they even have the, their own publishing company. Uh, so you have all the, the classic uh, El Bugi books. Uh, then you have like The Secrets of El Bugi, which is a book from 94, which is just about how they conceptualize everything inside El Bugi. I would say my favorite one is uh, a, a, a book or from 1992 called uh, The Cuisine of the Mediterranean in Spanish. And this is really interesting because I think you, you get to see the like a synthesis of the whole nouvelle cuisine movement into like a, a conclusion in that book. And actually, early 90s, I would I would say the, the absolute end of nouvelle cuisine and where new culinary trends start to evolve, starting with Ferran Adria. Also super interesting, he tells about all of his thought processes in that book. And he also presents a, a, a creative methodology that works with, with table sheets. That, that it, this is not common at all to expect from a book in 1992. Similar to that one is another book called Los Postres del Bugi, The Desserts from El Bugi, from Albert Adria. And, and it's kind of the, the same time. They also talk about their whole philosophy he met many of the recipes that they present in those books became like standards that you'll see over and over in different restaurants all over the world. And just for that, I think it has a huge merit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the influence of El Bui is so incredibly potent and powerful. It's insane, you know, and um, people often forget a little bit this. They kind of, people who don't know, they brush it off as, ah, yeah, it's the guy that, molecular gastronomy but it's it goes so beyond that you know like like sure you know that's kind of where it's stemmed from and there's a lot of really poor imitators around the world but yeah the influence of Il Bui is, is crazy I've never actually had a chance to look into that book uh, the Mediterranean cookbook of El Bui I know that there's uh, Salmonette Gaudi is on the cover right yeah it's a pretty hard to find book uh my, my friend uh, Luis, the chef from Ensenada in New York, he has it original and signed. But actually, it's not so hard to find on the internet and on a PDF version. It's a many pages that you can download. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so talking about the Adria Brothers, worth mentioning is also Natura. That's an amazing book. Yeah, for sure. What are your comments on Natura? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you, you kind of touched on it already, though. No, like um, there's so many techniques that stem from the work of Albert Adria that are now just commonplace in any kitchen, you know, like high level fine dining kitchens and even sort of like mid range kitchens. Uh, they've invented and developed so many techniques and so many processes that are now just widespread throughout the international culinary world. It's crazy. I mean, um, one of the things that comes to mind is the microwave sponge, you know, that you cook in a, in a little plastic cup. I don't know how many times I've seen that, like everywhere, all around the world. And it's it's absolutely crazy to me. And I mean, just because of that, I mean, it's also a very beautiful book. It's, uh, I mean, for people who haven't seen it, it's uh, desserts that are very sort of like, that are modeled after inspiration that comes from nature. So you'll have things that look like bark and rocks and it, it's very beautiful. And for me, like also, you know, El Bui, you know, kind of gets summed up as El Bui, but I think you have to really separate El Bui and Ferran Adria from, you know, El Bui and Albert Adria, you know, who both, although working in the same place, have had their own influence, you know, massively. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and since we're talking about El Bui, it's also worth mentioning Mugaritz. I, I think my, my, it happens the same sometimes with music. Uh, many times my, my favorite album is the first one from from a, an artist uh, and many times with cookbooks or it happens the same. And I think um, Mugaris is, is also an, an example of it. I really like the first cookbooks they did about foie gras and about chlorophyllia, about cooking with, with wild herbs. That time that, that was really different what they were doing back then from what they're doing today or even in the last 10 years. It feels almost like completely different restaurants. But that cookbook, I remember you would have like the, the recipes and next to it, there would be like different Basque writers would write like, like short stories or just like literary work around those herbs. And I, I thought that, that was also like a, a pretty cool way to design a book, like adding some literature and, and poetry to it, not, not just being creating like a technical tool, but also la, like something more artistic and creative. Yeah, for sure. It, it, like they really, I mean, it gives a sort of sense of place, you know, um, but also, you know, if you look at the, the, um, the main sort of like first big cookbook that they did with Biden, you know, they have also so many sort of like elements in between the dishes, you know, you have photographs of the hills and the mountains and the forests and the herbs and ferns and the garden. And it gives you this sense of romanticism and, and mystical, it gives you this mystical feeling, you know, which I feel like Mugaritz is kind of about, you know, kind of tucked away in the Basque countryside. And there's so much like, such a mythical feeling to it. And I mean, you know, anybody who knows Andoni Aduris knows that he's, you know, he's a very poetic guy in his thinking and his approach, like his work approach and the way that he talks about his philosophy. You know, I mean, he has a very beautiful way of uh, of thinking about things. Yeah, other books that I like about uh, from Mugaritz, also before the one you mentioned, the, the first big Fidon book, there's one about Cod called Tabula. That was a like a, like from an editorial design perspective, it's a really beautiful book with amazing pictures, all focused on on cod, and they invited chefs from all over the world to to cook their own 
cod recipes. So I remember it was like with international. And they also did another one that is about culinary scenes in movies. So they, they would take a, like a scene from a movie. And again, they invited chefs from all over the world to everyone would get like a, a specific scene and they would cook a, a recipe around it. So that that's also like a, a pretty fun book to read. I haven't actually seen the one. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the name, but it's something like, I, I think it were like 50 different movies they took and 50 different chefs. Oh. So in talking about Mugaritz, it always takes you back to Michel Bras. I think that that's has to be one of the most influential cookbooks ever uh, together with, with the ones we just mentioned. Uh, but again, Michel Bras created a, a, a style of, of understanding nature and surroundings and putting it into a plate in a very creative way, but at the same time, not pretentious at all. So it's probably one, one of the most interesting cuisines that there is. Absolutely. I think he's one of the most influential chefs of our lifetime. You know, he's so... Like he really revolutionized this sort of style and like also the like the lightness, the natural, like the way that it's natural, you know, going away from, you know, being too stiff. I mean, he's by far one of my favorite chefs and it's a beautiful, beautiful cookbook also. Also one of those cookbooks that's very old, but you open it now and it's still interesting, you know. And I mean, his, you know, signature dishes have been recreated all around the world. You know, his most famous dish, the garouillou, you find versions of that dish, which, you know, is he made a version of a, a traditional sort of vegetable stew there in the Auvergne, made from different vegetables and bacon. Uh, and it's his signature dish is a selection of vegetables from his garden and the surroundings cooked in very specific ways and then assembled. So it basically looks like, a, you know, like a big sort of vegetable salad. But it's so intricate and so technical. And you find different versions of just that dish everywhere, everywhere. Chefs in Japan, chefs in Spain, you know, chefs in the States, ev everywhere people have made this sort of, you know, conscious or not conscious homage to Michel Brera recreating this dish. Also, the, the, this style of, of plating on an infinite white surface, I think he was the first one to do that. That also became like a standard you'll see over and over again in different cookbooks yeah. and pictures. Yeah. So and since we're in France, I think it's also worth mentioning Alain Ducasse. He has many books. Most of them are quite expensive. So I just managed to get uh, one that is uh, the, the Mediterranean cuisine. And that's an amazing book because they, they stylize into like more modern fine dining formats, traditional dishes from all over the Mediterranean, North, North Africa, uh, Eastern Europe, South Europe, every country that, that has contact with the Mediterranean, it, there is a, for sure a recipe in the book. And there is also a, like a short comment on it before the, the recipes and the recipes are, are pretty good standardized recipes like, like on a restaurant level. Also the, the pictures they took, they made like a, a standard monochromatic uh, plate with, with cutlery around. So each dish would be plated on, on one of these uh, backgrounds. So the whole book has its own like, like visual language, like consistency 
uh, across the whole the whole book. It's a, like, like a, a really good one. I recommend it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen it a few times actually, and it's yeah, I learned to cast also. I mean, I mean, you can't deny I learned to cast his influence. You know, I mean, he's he's one of the godfathers, you know, <laughs> of uh, French cooking. You know, and he's still with us, and also one of the people who brought it away from already the sort of novel cuisine movement to be much more lighter, much more like natural and just a little bit more, yeah, a little bit lighter, more elegant, more lifted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a, it's a really fantastic book. So one of my all-time favorite cookbooks, also just because when I read it, um, it was so inspiring to me and it kind of um, really dictated sort of like what I would be interested in, kind of um, just like the... Pascal Babo book and the Michel Bra book is the first Favikin cookbook by Magnus Nielsen. And it was just so, I was so fascinated by, I mean, first of all, it's a beautiful book, it's beautifully shot. Uh, there's such a sense of terror and the environment that he's in. But at the same time, the way that he talks, talks about the cooking precision and the, the purity of the ingredients um and you know reading also there's a lot of text about his approach how he you know how he what his thought process is um and i really loved that style of sort of like let just having a really fantastic product cooking it really excellently with very very top execution uh, and then just presenting it very very simply in a very natural way and i thought that was fantastic I, uh, and it really inspired me and it like still now follows me around i still find it inspiring and it's still how i want to cook myself a pending task that i have actually uh, is going into the the whole work of of Hesson blumenthal of course i uh, i know like the highlights of what what he's done but I haven't actually took the time to see hey, the, the the fat fat dog cookbook and and all these other books he has published. But I, I know that a, a direct consequence of, of his work is modernist cuisine, since the book was mainly developed by two former ex uh, ex head chefs of the fat dog. And like it or not, modernist cuisine also like, like set a new standard for many things. Many of the recipes uh, have, like, like the other books we mentioned, have been replicated all over the place. They, they work pretty well. It's also like a, an insane work, uh, everything they did. Of course, the, the, the budget they had, uh, uh, it was also like a super high budget. To, to produce uh, a cookbook. Um, at the same time, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but I think it's wor worth mentioning. Uh, they also kind of uh, established a culinary movement in Seattle, which is where, where the book was published, uh, that is still alive today uh, of having a, an approach, uh, like a more technical approach to cooking and using not so common pieces of equipment to, to develop new techniques around it also. Well, it's highly technical mainly, but it's not a, a, a chef's cookbook, but at the same time it is. It's not a restaurant cookbook, but it feels like it. So uh, in any case, it's like, like, like a, an interesting publication. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. And I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a different approach for sure. 
it kind of depends, you know, what sort of person you are. You know, if you're like a very, very technical guy who likes the science aspect of it or whether, you know, like you're a more like intuitive cook, you know, I mean, uh, for me, for example, I, I think cooking is a lot about, you know, intuition, but then like you can't deny that the control and the depth that modernist cuisine goes into is, um, you know, is fantastic. I mean, the work that they've done is, is really, really great. They went into, uh, into so much detail with so many things. And I mean, you have to say that in this sort of movement also in like the last, I don't know, like 10 years at least, um, it's broadened a lot of chefs horizon, a lot of cooks horizon so much. I mean, like even now going into a relatively normal kitchen, you can talk to anybody about fermentation, about uh, alcohol and vinegar production. And people have like a very, like a pretty basic understanding, but have an understanding of the processes that go on behind these preparations. You know, and I think that's uh, that's really cool. And I mean, it just enriches the profession. Yeah. But it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's a, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic body of work that I've done. Yeah, it's like a, a, a go-to book if you want to consult any specific. Um, yeah. Well, I think we've covered a, a lot of books and most of them are chefs or similar uh, cookbooks. But I think we could make a, a follow-up episode going more uh, like to specific traditional books or perhaps another one with uh, autobiographical or biographies. So the, there is so so much in a culinary library that, that we could make many episodes about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sounds good. So I think I was thinking perhaps we could talk uh, on our next episode about just kitchen stories, like kitchen confidentials, things that we've seen and lived in, in different restaurants. Yeah, story time with uh, Eric and Phil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that sounds great. There's definitely a lot of stories to tell there. Okay, great. See you next time. All right. See you next time.